So, strong data from the US overnight. Durable goods orders were strong. Housing sales are rising. Consumer confidence is strong. But is it all too good for the Fed? Is it the sort of good news that's going to be celebrated with more rate rises? Well, they don't need strong data in Europe. Christine Lagarde has been hawkish at Sintra. And that big Sintra super session with Lagarde, Ueda, Bailey and Powell. Can you spot the odd one out in that lineup? You're not putting rates up? Really? It's Wednesday, the 28th of June, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down 0.2% on the DXY. It's down 1.8% so far this month, the US dollar. The Aussie picked up uh, 0.2% today, still wallowing below 67 US cents, though. A half percent lift in the euro. The CNY managed to gain about 0.2% yesterday. And the CSI 300 managed a 0.9% rise, 1.9% up for the Hang Seng yesterday, whilst this morning the Nasdaq closed up 1.7%, 1.1% for the S&P 500 and 0.6% for the Dow. And this positivity in equities is in Europe as well, with a 0.6% lift in the Eurostoxx 50. OK, the UK is not playing ball. I mean, stocks aren't much up uh, there. And bond yields pushing higher today, up five for German uh, 10-year bonds, up eight in the UK to four percent and 10-year treasuries in the US are up 4 to 3.76%. Aussie 10 years, two basis points lower yesterday, down to 3.93%, and that, that didn't change much on futures overnight. And oil, remember how yesterday I said it was up for the day? Well, it was just for the day because it's back down this morning quite a bit. 2.6% off WTI and 2.8% off Brent. Brent close to $72 now. Sky Masters joins me from NAB in Sydney. And Sky, the data coming out of the US today is surprisingly good. So let's look at some of it. New home sales up 12.2% month on month. That's after a 3.5% lift in April. Uh, now we've talked about this being inflated by falls in established dwellings because who wants to sell and then have to refinance? So if you want a house, you've got to buy a new one. But even so, for new homes, 763,000 new homes sold in May. That is quite a lot. Good morning, Phil. Yes, you know, um, very strong data across the board um, overnight in, in the US and um, sort of we can dig a little bit more into the market reaction um, as as this podcast progresses. But to your point, starting on the new home sales data, yes, you know, a, a, a very strong strong rise in, in, um, in new home sales. We sort of know the story there that, you know, there's a lack of existing in um, homes for sale given the, you know, the, where mortgages are at. So, People, I guess, are being pushed to um, in, into the new home sales market. Um, but either way, and I think we talked about it last week. You, you can't ignore it. It's still showing showing some um, on, ongoing some ongoing strength. strength. Yes, it? yes, yeah. And and then the prices as well. So the Case Shiller index uh, it showed one point seven percent growth month on month in prices in April. Uh, so that's April, mind you. So <laughs> I just realised that's a bit out of date, isn't it? But even so, I mean, it's you know more being sold, prices rising, even though interest rates are going up. I mean, it's you wouldn't have thought this would be a market you'd be buying into. So that's surprising. And then the uh, consumer confidence read from the conference board May was revi- revised up slightly to one hundred and two point five. There was an expectation of one hundred and four for the number in June, but no. 109.7, almost at 110. That is quite a leap up in one month. Yeah, look, this measure um, came in quite a bit above above market expectations. Um, and, you know, I guess what you're seeing um, in the 
confidence, um, consumer confidence measures, what you're seeing in in the um, US housing data is not really what you'd be expecting to see at this point of of the um, of the tightening cycle. You know, normally, mm. you know, when you when you're getting to um, you know when you've seen such extreme um, tightening in policy, when you think you're getting to the peak um, and, and a pause, normally these these data prints are heading heading lower, not not higher. Now, admittedly, com- you know, consumer confidence has been quite low, um, and the readings do still remain below um, pre-pandemic levels. But you are seeing this rebound in in confidence, um, both in the conference board measure, which came out last night, but also in the University of Michigan survey report as well. Um, you know, and, and consumers, if, if you look at within the detail, um, you know, the, the measure of, for current business and labour market conditions is the strongest since July 2021, I think it was, right. um, while short term, the short term outlook is the highest since last December. Right. But the expectation, um, the difference between the present situation and the expectations is quite still quite large, isn't it? As though people are saying, well, Things are good now. We're not expecting them to necessarily be that good in a year's time. So there's still this question mark about a recession, isn't there? So the expectations index is is down to 79.3. The conference board says if it's under 80 in the past, that's always been associated with a, a recession within the next year. But it's only just in that bracket. It was much deeper in that bracket before, and it's come back to the point where, you know, it nud- could nudge over 80. So I wonder whether we can say, well, you know, is this showing, is this an, just another indication of, of soft landing and, and forget the recession talk? Yeah, I mean, obviously time will tell, but you are, I guess what the data overnight has showed us is this ongoing resilience in um, in the US economy. So there's there's a whole lot of uncertainty in in the outlook, um, and you've highlighted that in the in the expectations component of the consumer confidence report. Um, but current conditions seem to be holding holding up, and you saw that in the durable goods data out overnight as yes. well. That came in well above expectations, and so for that for that series, you, there again, you're seeing a a growing gap between um, actual activity and what the survey data are, are suggesting in terms of, say, your ISM report. And then look at what equity markets are doing. So tech stocks up a lot today. Apple hit an all-time high. In fact, Meadow is up 3.5%. Uh, it was within a whisk of its 52-week high. And that's uh, you know significant for a company that's reliant on ad revenue. You'd be thinking if there's going to be a downturn, there's going to be a consumer spending slump, uh, ad revenue will be down. Uh, and yet here we are. Share prices are up. So... You know, again, is this sort of like just, is the market expecting, is this another indicator that the market is expecting a soft landing? They don't believe, or they don't believe the Fed is going to go as far. It's it's all a bit surprising, isn't it? But I'm sure the Fed is going to be looking at this and not particularly amused. Yeah, I don't think the Fed would be comforted by the data prints that, that came out overnight. Um, and in terms of the market, it sort of firmed up its expectations that the Fed will at least do one more one more rate hike before the end of the year. Um, and it's also pushed pushed out, um, you know, the timing of, of when the Fed will start cutting. So there's a whole lot of uncertainty. I mean, every day, you know, let's see what equity markets do do tonight. You know, we, we've got your, mm. your, your up days and your down days. Um, but, um, you know, the data, you know, as we said, the data overnight has has reflected, uh, you know, at least in the current conditions for the U.S. economy, they, they they're pretty resilient so some good and bad news as well just looking further into that consumer confidence survey from the conference board so the jobs plentiful index 
actually rose. So 15.5% of, ex- of consumers expect more jobs to be available, which is up from 13.8%. 16% anticipate fewer jobs, which is down from 21.1%. So, uh, you know, not what the Fed wants to see, but wage expectations are falling. So people are saying, yes, there's more jobs available, but we're not expecting our, uh, our, our, our salaries to increase. So 16.9% of consumers expect their incomes to increase, which is down from 18.9% last month. So at least there's one number that the Fed will like to see. Yes, you know, that, that's, that's, on the, that's a positive outcome. And also, while small, the, the one-year um, inflation expectations uh, outlook fell from, um, mm. I think, 6.1% to 6. So still very high, but, but you know, heading, heading lower and heading in, heading in the right direction. So they are definitely positives. But for me, you know, my, my takeaway from this is, is that higher for longer, um, which yeah. I have talked about before, but I think – you know, nothing. Nothing at the moment is is pointing to a swift turnaround in in um, in central banks' actions. So, you know, still yeah. risks of at least one more rate hike. Lagarde overnight, you know, gave a very hawkish hawkish speech. So, you know, expectations are another another rate hike from the ECB at their next um, at their next meeting, and you know. While you know, obviously conscious of what activity data might be might be doing or saying, the focus is is very much on on inflation and getting it getting it lower. That's presumably what pushed the pushed the euro up a little bit, isn't it? And and we saw that with that that fall in the US dollar, perhaps because of that combination of that strong data coming out of the US and the fact that Christine Lagarde's there going, no, 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 at least one more. Yes, and and yes, so you, you know that that was a driver of higher yields overnight as well um you know 10 year bonds were you know on my reading they're up five basis points um you know the sell off in in bond yields overnight was led by front end rates so you did see further flattening in um in yield curves the interesting takeout for me when i look at the price action overnight was the outperformance of aussie futures you did mention that in your in your introduction. Yeah. Um, and then you've also got a weaker Aussie dollar versus, you know, the US dollar is mixed overnight, but it is stronger against the Aussie dollar. Um, you know, why are, why are Aussie futures outperforming at the moment? I'm not 100% sure. But um, I think, you know, what we did see, what we have seen over the last month or so is is an underperformance of, of Aussie bonds, as, as you saw the RBA um you know, hike again and, and sort of tilt and become a little bit more hawkish in its commentary. Um, and back then you saw the Aussie 10 year, uh, Aussie US 10 year um, bond spread go from sort of a negative 10 to, to sort of above sort of plus, plus 20. Um, so big moves, a big underperformance of Aussie 10 year futures. And over that time, you also did see the Aussie dollar strengthen. Yeah. So I just wonder now whether given the data that's coming out of the US showing the resilience of its economy, um, you're starting to see that little bit of a correction in, in price action that we saw over the last month or so. And the Aussie obviously getting influenced a little bit by the one as well. And the, we had the PBOC stepping in to try and stop the one sliding further. Uh, so they set the trading band higher, basically. So we'll see how that works out for them. So uh, one other good bit of news uh, from Canada, core inflation lower than expected with the year on year rate falling from 4.1% to 3.7% in May. Uh, a year ago, it was up over 6%. So whatever they're doing, it's working for them, it seems. So could this be it for the Bank of Canada? 
Uh, we could. I mean, I think I think the view is following this data print that the BOC can probably skip tightening um, at the July July meeting. I think it's on the twelfth. Um, I think mm. you know it's it's still uncertain whether they may have to can you know at least deliver one more rate hike. But certainly this 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 um, data print suggests that they can do another another pause um, or skip. Um, so it's so a positive positive print for the BOC. Um, so let's see what the Aussie inflation data does today. Yes. Well, it's going to be saying we've been flagging that all week. So what? I mean, 6.8% last month. The expectation is that it will fall. But obviously, the question is, how much and will it be enough? Yes. So, I mean, you, you'll get you'll get all the colour tomorrow morning when um, when when you, you do the podcast. But, you know, just in terms of the expectations, <laughs> um, NAB's looking for a um, print of 5.9% for the annual headline rate. So move down from 6.8 to 5.9. I think market consensus is, is at 6.1. Um, but NAB's sort of pointing out that this fall in the annual rate is very much driven by base effects, um, not a genuine rapid um, disinflation. So the headline print may be somewhat misleading. Um, and our economics team is suggesting focusing more on the measure which excludes volat- volat- volatiles and travel. Um, so they're only looking for a modest decline from the current six point five percent reading, um, but we'll know in a, in um, you know yeah in about six hours. Right. Well, depending when you're listening to this, of course. And of course, uh, the uh, how many central bankers can you put on one panel? Well, four is the answer. It seems Andrew Bailey, Christine Lagarde, Jerome Powell, uh, Kazuo Ueda. We've talked about this uh, as well earlier in the week, but it's on today. Uh, four central bankers from very different situations with very different perspectives. So there must be something that we can take out of the hour or hour and a half of that of that panel at Sintra today. Well, I guess everyone's hoping there's something new that's going to come out of it. Um, It'll be a big disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> there's got to be something. You, so, I mean, you would imagine the, the theme from, from you know, the BOE, ECB and, and the FMC is, is, will be quite similar in terms of the focus on inflation. Mm. Um, so I guess it'll be interesting, um, the, the contrast between them and, um, and UAD. Yeah. But it will also be interesting to see the contrast between, uh, Powell and the European contingent as well, won't it? Whether he feels as though they, you know, they can slow down that much faster than, uh, the, the, the UK and the ECB. Yes. Well, I mean, they're, they're sort of ahead. Well, they're at least ahead of the ECB in the, in the tightening cycle, aren't they? Mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, let's wait and see, Phil. Yeah, let's see what it brings. All right, very good. Okay, catch you next time, Sky. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. And as Sky says, lots of colour and movement on the podcast tomorrow morning. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Well, you know, I'd get in trouble if I did miss it, wouldn't I? Uh, so I've got to be here. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.